Hello, welcome to the Ultimate Game. I'm your host, Rob. In today's Age of Sigma stat show, me and the Twitch chat are going to be looking at the event results from this weekend. We have got seven events from across the world with 138 players across five countries, which is cool. Uh, very much looking forward to these. And I hope you enjoy me looking through the event results and talking about the lists. Uh, if you do want to leave some comments, that would be really fun. And let's go look at the first event right now. The first event we're going to look at is the Grudge Fest 2023 being held over in oh, Canada. 28 players battling it out with some of the beer money going to charity. So now you can drink and also not feel bad about it, which is great. Uh, shout out to the event organizer, Carl Zumrich and Patrick Hudson. In first place, we had a superstar in Dom Elson with his big war army. Not only is Dom awesome, he also wrote all of his notes on his army list, which means he's a fan of the show, and I'm a fan of Dom. Shout out to Dom. Uh, he's written Big War, uh, which is doing, they're doing very well at the minute. Or at Weird Nelb Shaman, who's the general, uh, with the command trait Shaman of the Chilled Lands, so he knows all the spells of the Frost spells from the GHB. Um, and then he's got a Wurgog Prophet, Gobsprack. He's got Uruk Warchanter, another Uruk Warchanter, and then a mega boss on Moor Crusher. So he does have a big, fighty, fast monster. He's got the Mount Trait Fasten. He's also got the Artifact Power Destroyer as well. So he's a very fast, very high output character. He's then got the two Warchanters, which are going to buff up his unit of five brutes and ten brutes. He's then also got the unit of Brute Rages, so unit of six. And these are an incredibly popular pick at the minute mainly just again because the output is 200 points when you're dealing with uh, he's also got unit 10 gut rippers but when you're dealing with a mega boss uh, on more crusher charging at you you're then having to try to avoid the wergog profit from doing his care bear mortal wound stare and the whole time you've got some units of brutes bearing down on you you don't really have much time to pay attention to the brute ragers and so that gives them an opportunity and because they have run and charge that gives them that opportunity to get into where they need to go. And even though they're very fragile, they won't take a hit back. They're going to do a ton of damage. And then you've got Gobsprack to shut down their uh, spellcasting and potentially cause a ton of mortal wounds to their support heroes. Love it. It's really cool. It's very fun. And unsurprisingly, Big War, because they're incredibly good at the battle tactics, all the battle tactics in this GHB are like you know easy enough to do. And then when they're giving out pity tactics in the updates, which they're done, then you end up in a position where like five battle tactics are almost auto for this army. Your grand strat is also uh, auto as well. So now you've just got to compete on the primary. And who knew that Uruks were really good at fighting over objectives, especially fast Uruks as well. So it's really fun. Really great list. Shout out uh, to Dom. Then we've got James Hagsman with his Silverneth Heartwood. Like this list as well, specifically because he's brought himself in a little cheeky bit of tech. He's running Silverneth, as I've said, with the Spirit of Durthu and a Warsong Rev. And then a Tree Lord Ancient and a Battle Mage. Uh, and this will be the old, this will be not the current uh, Cities of Sigma Battle Mage, it'll be the old one. And he's got a unit of Kurnoth Hunters with Kurnoth Greatswords, two units of five Tree Revs, and then he's got the Spite Swarm Hive. So what he's definitely looking to do is do the classic castle up your Sylvaneth army inside the tree, use the Warsong Revenant to cast spells out of it, make sure you cast Spite Swarm Hive to make a unit that teleports, get a much easier charge, fight and strike and fade. One of the problems I think Sylvaneth have faced is their ability to not do much damage to an army before they do that teleport bop in and bop out, especially on the first turn. And so he's allied in a unit of Dracothian Guard, Dracothian Guard Tempesters, the Stormcast Eternal Dracoth Riders that do a shooting attack that have three shots each that hit on threes, but obviously you can give them all that attack. And for every, um, every shot that you hit with, you generate two hits. 
So effectively, they have exploding twos with all out attack, which will give them about 12-ish shots with rend one, uh, which is quite nice. Um, and then they also, when they land, get to do their mortal wound shooting attack as well. And they're legitimately not bad in a fight. So he's put himself in 210 points to kind of like clear out a space on the board. So when he wants to deliver Durthu or the Colonel Hunters with Great Swords in, he's going to be able to do so. Fantastic little list. I love that. I think that's really, really fun. Uh, and he should be super chuffed. Uh, Ian Ferguson with his Nighthorn Everyone host. Honestly, Nighthorn at the moment. Again, Battle Tactics a little bit more tough because some of their battle tactics require them to be more spread out and it's an army that fights as a castle around itself in some cases uh, especially around some of those support characters he's got a knight of shrouds on ethereal steed right nor the grim hailer lord executioner guardian of souls lady Alinda, and spirit torment then a unit of 20 chain rasps a unit of 10 unit of grim gas reapers he's got two units of 10 of those unit of spirit hosts and then a unit of mimron banshees and a unit of chain ghasts. So obviously the Banshees are really good at shutting down enemy spells or even endless spells. And then he's got himself the Purple Sun and Suffocating Gravetide. He's got lots of units, especially in the characters, for doing multi-charges. And then his sub-faction is going to keep doing mortal wounds to support characters, so you can't really hold off against the enemy. Um, and he's particularly good, especially against, you know, like um, uh, the, the Magic Savant Grand Strat. Uh, because you can obviously pick one of those characters and keep ticking down mortal wounds on them, which I think is uh, pretty interesting. Um, however, uh, Nighthorn are in this position also where they're not super fast. And if another army can just get onto an objective before it, then they're going to probably struggle to take it off in most cases, um, and they might lose on the primary. But 4-1 in this case, which is great. Uh, then we also got a Skaven list that did really well as well. Shout out to Nick, um, Nick Fontin from the badges shout out to him uh now he's running a death master gracier on screaming bell a warlock bombardier play priest on plague furnace two graciers then he has a unit of 10 scryer acolytes which is really cool and two units of uh, sorry three units of plague monks unit of clan rats a warp fire thrower a rattling gun vermintide warp line and vortex and suffocating grave tide now when you read scaven lists it's often really difficult to really pick out exactly what you're looking at when it looks to when you're looking at the output like as, as an example when we talk about the silver list just gone Durthu and the the unit of colonel hunters are obviously going to be doing lots of the heavy lifting when it comes to damage however in this situation everything here does damage everything has some board control and everything is going to cause you an issue so they've got some really really good shooting from the scryer acolytes but they're very fragile you don't want them to get hit you got the Plague Monks, which are going to do some amazing amount of combat uh, damage in combat. But again, they're fairly uh, they're fairly weak in surviving as well. You got the Clan Rats, which are definitely just a screen. Warp Fire Throw for doing some more damage. Rattling Gun for doing some more damage. Uh, Warp Line of Vortex, which does more Vermintide and Suffocating Grave Tide for like loads of endless spells. He's going to be able to block up the board with endless spells. Definitely shut down movement with those. That's two large kind of like pieces of endless spell in the. Uh, in the Gravetide and Vermintide, and they're crazy cheap. And then Vortex is just a nightmare to move around as a miniature. So you'll be able to block out big, large pieces. And then that means he's going to be able to counter charge, uh, not with any actual counter charge abilities, but like charge into those gaps and then do shooting over the top, as well as bringing all of his characters to bear and all of the output that they can bring, especially things like the Grey Sears uh, with Blizzard, which should be banned from the game, and then Warlock Bombardier which is cool. And then finally, my friend Dayton, what a superstar, Dayton O'Bray of the Party of the All Points podcast, if you want to listen, uh, with his Corn Bloodlords army. He's got Bellacore. Uh, now, 
I know lots of people in the UK have been bullying, uh, dating into running Bellacourt in his corn army for a while. With a Bloodmaster, another Bloodmaster, Herald of Corn on Blood Throne, then 30 Blood Letters, 20 Blood Letters, 3 Blood Crushers, and then 8 Cores of Karnak. And he's got himself the Bleeding Icon and the Hex Gorgeous Skulls. Hex Gorgeous Skulls are incredibly good for shutting down enemy casting, obviously, and they've got an, an amazing turn 1 threat range. Your opponent can't stop them, so they're very effective. And the Bleeding Icon is also really useful in the support role it fills. 30 blood letters is just 60 wounds with all of the healing that's going to come back from the blood throne makes it very tough to deal with especially when bellacor shuts down the enemy opposing unit so that you can't do any combat uh well you can't like you can't do something with it right so if they've got a big power piece again to use our previous example like dirthu bellacor is going to shut that power piece down and then that means he's going to keep steamrolling through stuff not including all the mortal wounds he's going to do uh, and all of the healing and recursion in this army as well. And then if he just doesn't want his opponent to engage, which is what how all corn armies play, he's got three blood crushers, just to mighty, uh, not mighty destroyers, to uh, murder lust into them, and they just keep doing that game where they just shut you down from being able to play, which is awful. Uh, but it's also a really good strategy. All right, I hope everyone in Canada had a great time. You're an amazing community. Uh, the Canadian community is also growing massively at the minute which is awesome to see loads of great people around there helping uh, create all of those different communities obviously dayton's out there as well shout out to jordan from season of war there's all those different groups uh developing their little communities and growing and canada getting a bigger scene love to see it hope everyone there is okay our next event takes us over to the wonderful land of norway and it is to the tabletop bastards open uh, which I think seeing in the first few minutes of uh, <laughs> of YouTube video means, unfortunately, we can't monetize it. But there we are. It's a great game, a great club name. Now, it's being held in uh, Vikenorge, for people who are watching at home. Uh, it's at the Forum Moss Business Center, but actually an idyllic little spot over in Norway. It just looks beautiful, really nice. Anyway, they had 24 players playing at this event. Uh, in Norway uh, with some incredibly well-known players uh, and most of the Norwegian team. The event was won by Geir Vedeld. Uh, I'd like to think me and Geir are very good friends uh, with his Slaves to Darkness and Knights of the Throne army, which he also took to Malmo uh, and was able to do really well with at Malmo as well. Geir quickly becoming easily uh, one of this region's most prolific and also constantly performing players. He won Slaves to Darkness, Knights of the Throne, Bellacor, Exalted Hero of Chaos, uh, which he's using for spellcasting Savant, turning it into a Demon Prince, so you can't, um, you can't kill it, and therefore uh, is spellcasting Savant. Uh, you get the Grand Strat Auto. Chaos Sorcerer Lord, and then six Varangard, three Varangard, three Varangard, nine Unmade Chaos Knights. The tech here is the unit of nine Unmade. They have an aura that stops units from rallying, but most importantly, redeploying. For an army that does all of the damage in melee, being able to make it so that your charges are as short as possible by shutting down redeploys are is very, very important. So, And it's incredibly cheap. The amount of tech that you can put in a Slaves to Darkness army, I often see Slaves to Darkness described quite wrongly, I think, as a book that doesn't break any rules. And I just don't think that's true. It's just the units that break the rules are cheap cultist units. You can stop rallies. You can deep strike. You can do a bunch of different stuff, uh, run and charge. You've got like good melee units. Uh, you've got pre-game moves. You've got lots of movement and also debuffing effects that you can apply to your opponent. They are just very fragile. And in this situation, one unit of unmade, uh, one unit of nine unmade, shutting down people rallying, so that when you move forward, you can't charge in and do all of the damage, which I think 
is very cool. And then Varangard are incredible. A unit of six Varangard, especially with the new coherency rules, are going to do an incredible amount of damage. With the Marker Corn, they get plus one attack on the charge. They get plus one rend, damage two. They're just so good. It's unreal. Uh, they will do a ton of damage, unless it's to King Broad. They'll do no damage to him, apparently. Uh, and then, yeah, he's got he's got three units. One unit of six, and two units of three Varangard. And then Bellacor, just like I said earlier, shuts down enemy threats, uh, which is really good. So just a very effective army that's very cool. And then a unit of Chaos Knights in there as well. Uh, so very uh, shout out to Gear. Now, his only loss uh, was to his good friend uh, and a superstar himself, uh, Danny Elvstead. Uh, Danny Elvstead. <laughs> So Danny was running OCR Bone Reapers Petrifex Elite, and he is definitely on this new wave of people taking a unit that's been has just been good for the entire time, but it hasn't seen like the new vogue for Bone Reapers. So Cavalos is in there, Catacross and the Mortis and Ossifector with Dark Acolyte. Um, so for the spell casting. And then he's got ten Mortec Guard, five Death Riders for the battle tactic, and three Amortis Guard. And the trick here is two units of Morgast Archai. One unit of four and one unit of two. Now, these guys can get plus one attack and they can get up to rend five. Their damage three, it's an amazing amount of damage. Very, very good. You've got the Mortec Guard for screening. You've got pluses to hit and also pluses to save coming out of uh, Catacross. So it, and they also shut down your command abilities. So these things will just go through so many units very quickly. Uh, so it's unsurprising that uh, Gears... Uh, Slave to Darkness units ended up getting beat up uh, by the Morgast Archive, which I think is interesting. Uh, very, very cool. And these are very in vogue at the minute. Morgast Archive. They're very in vogue. Lots of people running them. If you're a Bone Reapers player, get some and put them in your lists. Our core list being run by Dennis Matson had... Let me just check for everyone. Uh, yes, it was Reapers of Vengeance. He had uh, the classic Bloodthirster um, of... Uh, the Wrath of Corn Bloodthirster with Firebrand. Um, and the Halo of Blood, but the, uh, well, normally it's a sword, but Halo of Blood's fine, uh, and then Scarbrand, so the classic push everything around and have Scarbrand do all of the heavy damage, that's how a corn list works, a Bloodmaster, a Slaughter Priest, three units of Flesh Hounds, two units of Blood Reavers, which is just for screening and also Blood Tithe, but the big pick here, which I loved, is two Bloodthirsters in Sense and Rage uh, in here as well, uh, which is really cool to see, uh, because these are the boom thirsters they're gonna do all the big splash damage um and then so now he's got three big threats which is not normally what you see from a city from a corn uh, army normally you just see all the tech pieces and then scarbrand to push scarbrand in he's given himself three options here and i like that a lot i think that's really cool and then harold uh harold sean uh, uh sorry no matt's wallin with his ocr bone reapers list uh was running what i think is probably the cookie cutter Bone Reaper list at the moment. Catcross, Bone Shaper, and a Soul Mason. Then 30 Mortec Guard, 6 Immortis Guard, 5 Death Riders for the Battle Tactic, and then 1 Gothazar Harvester. So in that, you've got two big threats. The Mortec Guard, which are very unlikely to ever die, thanks to the Harvester. The 6 Immortis Guard, which also are very, very survivable, but also very damagey. And then you've got Catcross in there as well, with everyone providing. Um, and one of the things I really like about all these four ones from this Norwegian event, is that they're very low model counts, if you want to put them together, in my personal opinion. The Varangard list doesn't require a lot of models, which I think is cool. Um, the core list definitely does, but the uh, both of the Bone Reapers lists as well don't require a lot of models. So that's fun. 
that's a fun thing. Anyway, I hope everyone had a good time in Norway. The event scene there is growing. I keep covering more and more events from Norway at the minute. Uh, so it's uh, growing. They've got an event in a couple of weeks, two weeks, if anyone wants to go at the 2D6 Wargaming Club, which is cool. Um, so get over there if you can, because you'll have a great time. I completely forgot to sh shout Harold out completely forgot who was also running a corn army uh from the norwegian event so i apologize about that harold and let's just quickly talk about his list shall we it's not too different to what we saw previously reapers of vengeance bloodthirst and effect fury and scarbrand and this does have the argath the king of blades so our sword no wards artifacts so they're running around together then real gore rich list slaughter priest uh bloodthirst and sense of rage and then two flesh hounds cause of karnak and then skull crushers uh, with the Godsworn Hunt in there as well, and the Wrath Axe. So just as I was saying, it's all about Scarbrand and that character moving around together, everything else providing that space. But one additional Bloodthirster and Sense of Rage in there as well for another threat is super cool to see. Our next event is Tetsworth's War and Treachery, uh, which had 20 players uh, being held. It's got a cool little tagline, a small village event with big energy, <laughs> which I think is super cute, uh, being held in an Oxfordshire village. I think they said they had max 22 players, but uh, according to my info, maybe that's not the case. Anyway, so, uh, wait, we've got, uh, yeah, they got 20 players at the event, 20 players at the event, which is cool. Now, looking at the ladder, which is fun, uh, and looking at the results, oh, oh no, uh, Mike Gibson, uh, Mike Gilson, sorry, Mike, Mikey Gilson, let's get it absolutely right, uh, with... The win. <laughs> sorry that took so long shout out to mikey gilson with his lrl msu multiple small units uh lumeth realm lord zytrek army that's got pluses to cast he's got spellcasting savant and then he has and i've seen this list run a few times uh, he has an msu spellcasting army so he's got the scenario lightner he's got scenario cathalar he's got eleanor and elethor He's got the Light of Altharian, which isn't a caster, but is a great duelist character. Think of Sigvald, a really good combat piece of mini Gotrek. Severith and a Knight Venator. So Severith, obviously, with that long-range shooting uh, to take out uh, units as well, and also some mobility around the board. A unit of Dawnbringers, a unit of 10 Wardens, and two units of 10 Blade Lords. Then he's got the Twin Stones, Ravenax Nashing Jaws, and Suffocating Grave Tide. So this is all about spell damage at range. Kind of think of it like a Zinch army, backed up by the shooting that you can get from the Venator and Severith to take out key units and reduce synergy down for the opponent's army. And then if you end up getting into a real serious fight, then you've got the Dawn Riders, the Wardens, and also those two units of Template Lords for doing a ton of damage, which I think is really interesting. And you've got all the other spells, apart from the Twin Stones. Twin Stones is to buff the casting, but you've got Jaws and Gravetide also to do more casting. So just a solid, solid army. Uh, well done to Mikey. Massive shout out. Then David Narcissi with his Heat Knights and army running in Pretenders, so you get extra command points and also the ability to do more command abilities. He's got Glutos or Scolion, which I think a Sinesh army really needs. They need a piece that does not automatically fall apart, like Bliss Barbs do. Even a Keeper's fairly fragile. Glutos is a tough piece to take out initially, especially as they've got lots, as it's got lots of healing as well. So Glutos is cool. Contorted Epitome, which is very standard with Strength of Godhood and the Crown of Dark Secrets, which is going to be adding pluses to attack to the model, and the Crown of Dark Secrets is going to be reducing how much output is coming back from the enemy. And then Lord of Pain, just for buffs. And then it's got two units of Bliss Barb Archers, uh, 11, and then one unit of five Seekers, and then three units of, um, sorry, 
one unit of Bliss Barb Seekers and two units of Slick Blade Seekers. And the Slick Blade Seekers are obviously really fast and also you're going to be able to use Euphoric Killers on them. We've seen it before previously where there used to be one big unit of 10 uh, because you would want to try and get as many Depravity from initially immediately creating a massive, massive combat from a big unit. But maybe sending in multiple units of Slick Blades or having units that are going to run around onto different parts of the board is really useful, especially for the battle tactics in the game at the minute. But having Glutos in there as a linchpin I think is very cool and then finally steve curtis shout out to steve with soul black grave lords legion of the night he's got a vengo lord uh, and i love to see it i think the vengo lord's in a great place points wise at the minute manfred who's also exceptional everyone's playing manfred at the minute he's very good being able to bop away and just waste everyone's time a necromancer and a vampire lord and then he's got three units of three fell bats as battle line 40 zombies and you got some good board control there and then two terror geists in his list as well unmounted of all things uh, so it's going to be really tough to do damage to people like Manfred with the Vengo Lord reducing the Ren that's coming in. Um, the healing and the hunger, as we've talked about before, is pseudo-broken, uh, especially on any of the Vampire Lords. Um, Vengo Lord's got the hunger. Manfred's got the hunger. It's just so effective as well. Uh, and then having a bunch of monsters that can uh, run around and beat stuff up is great. So uh, you love that. Hope everyone had a lovely time at the event. Um, and it's cute to see a little village with some big energy. Our next event is the Ragnarok Autumn 2023 uh, AOS GT being held in what looks to be a pretty salubrious looking school, uh, which is cool. We had 20 players at this event, 20 players at this event, uh, and uh, we had one 5 and one 4 one. Luke Skelton uh, with his Fleshy of Courts, Hollowmorn Grand Court, and he was running an Abhorrent Ghoul King Royal Terrorgeist, Fargolf Courtier, an Abhorrent Ghoul King, an Abhorrent Art Regent twice. Then one unit of minimum crypt ghouls, two units of sick crypt horrors, and Shadow Throne. So this army is just able to summon a lot of models. It's an army that's starting off with several thousand points and putting them on the board. Well, not several thousand, two thousand, like about two thousand four hundred ish, maybe two thousand five hundred. Uh, thanks to the summoning that you could do. Then obviously stacking all the attacks on a unit of crypt horrors is also very very effective the vargulf courtier for being able to uh, heal units heal models back into units so you've got some recursion as well you've got a ghoul king with blizzards in case that goes in and you've got a big monster for just absolutely going and ruining people's day so you love to see it and that's super fun and then in the 4-1 bracket we've got ewan bedford cooper with his Re blazer corn reapers of vengeance i did say that corn were an s-tier army when we did the review after the last battle scroll update and it is proving to be the case just constantly either 4-1-ing and 5-0-ing they've got such a high win rate reaper vengeance with a bloodmaster bloodthirster and fettered fury with firebrand and argath king of blades blood to create a bloodmaster and then a unit of 20 blood letters five flesh sounds and then some blood reavers or oh, two units of 20 blood letters that unit of six mighty skull crushers for the classic pin with murder lust stopping people being able to engage uh is really fun in there as well hope everyone had a great time at the event um and yeah cool the next event is an event i ran here at the tsn arena in nottingham we had 14 players play um it was really cool I had a lovely time i even got to play as spare player being a spare player was super fun. I had a lovely time, uh, but also running the event at the same time was cool. Uh, I was running a Stormcast Eternals Annihilator list, which was very fun. Got a couple of changes to make to it, but I think it's an amazingly good army uh, with some really terrible matches. So uh, I'll maybe talk about that on the show later tonight. Anyway, uh, well, on a different show, on the Monday night show. Uh, but the event was won by Mr. Matt G. 
And honestly, everyone at the event was talking about it. You had some really good players. You got Dom, who's in Team England. Declan plays loads. Farron plays loads. Uh, like I think I play a lot. Like loads of really cool people at the event. Um, we were talking about it, and it was just such a difficult army to deal with. Uh, just so so difficult. Let's talk about what it was. It was Sons of Behemoth, and it was King Broad Stomp, uh, and it had a, a Gargan uh, Eater. The crack. No, it had a Kraken Eater. King Broad uh, was in the list, and then a Gatebreaker. Okay. Oh wait. So no, King Broad, a Gatebreaker, okay, and a Kraken Eater, and then there were three Man Crusher Gargans, and then the Suffocating Grave Tide, Endless Spell. Okay, one of the Gatebreakers got the Arcane Tome and was a wizard. So he's obviously his grand strategy is Overshadow. So you have to kill every single Gargant to achieve that. That's almost impossible. King Brod took 15, 15 Varangard to the face, didn't die. Like, this is a 40 wound model that obviously, when someone can cast Mystic Shield, which obviously the wizard can, is going to have a three up save. With all-out defense of finest hour, it's going to be a three-up save, ignoring rent two, and then he's going to have a five-up ward save. Also, Games Workshop deigned to also put uh, the ability to heal as well into this army quite easily at the end of combats. It's just so difficult. And then there's also some pretty aggressive shooting: d6 shots, threes and threes, rent two, d3 plus three damage. Uh, coming out of this army as well once per turn healing as well and then obviously great objective control so just very punishing you can't score objectives at all uh because they're going to stand on all those objectives and you probably very rarely have ever killed king broad uh which is amazing uh so gargants are back age sigma three at the beginning was dominated by gargants specifically because specifically because they had a artifact that gave everyone a five up ward, or gave a character a five up ward save so now they've given a they've given a gargan even more wounds and they gave it a five up ward save again, which is a huge mistake from Games Workshop. So this army of renown is very effective, and while and while I uh, don't we talked about this a lot at the weekend, we don't really want to talk about it or advocate for it because it's a massive problem. This is going to be a list that you will be able to pick up and paint because it's only six. It's three big models and three little models. Pick up and paint, play, and you'll be able to absolutely wreck face with. You pretty much are guaranteed a positive win rate with this. You know, 3-2 or better. And while I don't want to advocate for people like chasing those things, I think it's really clear to talk about just how incredibly strong this army is. Matt's also a fantastic player. I want to I want to say this. Um, this is really important to say that Matt's just a very great on-tabletop player. So, if not one of the best in the world, uh, in my personal opinion. And so... Uh, like you know it's a great army in a good person's hands but devastating devastating to deal with really interested in this army as well and has really brought them back really brought them back gargants are officially seal of approval back our last event for the weekend is the realm gate rumble over in australia we didn't have any five o's but we did have three four ones david salava with his iron jaws dalton with his Oric war clans and laszlo with his maggot kin of nurgle the Iron Jaws list was a Blood Tooths with a Mega Boss and War Crusher, a War Chanter, or two of them in fact, a Weird Knob Shaman, and then Zogrock Anvil Smasher. Then six Gore Grunters, six Gore Grunters, ten Brutes, and then uh, the Geminids of all Geesh in here as well. A very classic, very classic 
Iron Jaws list, Blood Tooth, so the Gorgrunt is a battle line, plus one damage on everything, everything goes forward. But the inclusion of Zogrok uh, is, uh, is a new piece, obviously, since the updates, but very interesting. Um, he's got some casting as well uh, with the Weird Knob Shaman, um, if he wants to do the big teleport. But it's all going to be about that damage coming from coming from the Mega Boss and War Chanter, uh, Mega Boss and War Crusher, sorry, and the Gore Grunters. Then Dalton uh, with the Uruk War Clan, so he's run a big war, big war, and he was running a Shaman, a, two War Chanters, a Wurgog Prophet, and then Gobsprack. Five brutes, five brutes, ten R boys, and then six Ragers, six Gore Grunters, and then he's also included the new More Grunter Gougers. Uh, not the yeah the new more grunted gout not from yeah the the always strikes last big pig so i'm really getting my words caught up apologies if you're watching this video or listen to it as a podcast but yes he's got the more grunted gouger which is the counter charge one which as i said when i did the review is what you're going to put into these lists because it adds the ability to make units strike last which is really good um in the enemy like so which is really good for your all combat based army so yeah i love that uh he does he's also got obviously the world profit for doing the shooting attack and gobsprite for shutting down all of the well shutting down all of the magic and then finally laszlo with his maggotkin um is all got demon spew a pot springer somebody bar piper the glockkin 10 play bearers, beast of Nurgle, 10 play bearers, and then Nurglings, and then six plague droids. I mean, this is very interesting. I got to see this play at the weekend, which is cool. Gotkin with the counter charging on plague bearers so that they just pin you in, sloppy bar piper to stop you piling in so you can't get anywhere and you're constantly getting trapped by the Gotkin's counter charge ability. Or Gots in there as well um, for just for, you know, another backup monster doing everything that he brings to the table. Uh, which is very fun and then the play drones are i think particularly good at the minute you don't see them see a lot of play but when they do see play they normally do very well i think play drones are very uh pointed very very effectively at the moment and they're excellent in my opinion so that's everything at the Rome gate rumble i hope everyone had a good time now not the busiest weekend this weekend uh like not the busiest but we do have some major events coming up there's some big team events coming up there's some big events happening in different places all around the world and then as we get towards december generally events tend to tick down and then january big massive events you know we're looking towards things like cancon and lvo and some big team events which is fun so i love that the major kind of thing i'd like to talk about and i'm probably going to do this in a separate video is all these little hot trends that you see happening at the minute you know like your morgast archai or your tempestus for stormcast your brute rages for your big war armies i think are really hot little picks which i think is really fun all the casters going into corn which i think is interesting as well uh, and then there's going to be so many new hot picks coming up trugs trug herd in my opinion is incredibly competitive and maybe a 5-0 army definitely king brod's army is i think you probably could do really really well with the new dragon army for stormcast maybe also the new sylvaneth army as well so there's a bunch of new hot picks that are coming out and i'd like to talk about it because i think that'd be really fun and based on the results we've seen this weekend there isn't anything that's overly surprising me apart from those new trendy units like the tempestors and the the archai glockin is also in there he's also a trendy little pick uh, at the moment which you love to see I think that's really good. 
Uh, and then what else has happened? I think that's about it at the moment. I think we're in a good spot. I think the game's actually really dynamic. Based on the production matter, i.e. how long people can, how quickly people can build and paint, we get in a massively different matter. King Brods is an army to defeat. Maybe the Silver Army is an army to defeat as well. The KO one, although it's changed in the FAQ, could easily be an army to beat, which I think is really, really interesting. So you've got all these different new armies coming out. Cities is about to hit the tables as well, which I think is really fun. And then the armies that we've seen see play are all still dominating. So there's a, the meta right now is wild. No one really knows what's going on with it. The lists are very diverse. The armies you're going to play are very different to each other as well. If Gargants are coming back, that means we need a damage per turn check like built into our list, which is like you know a unit that can just absolutely smash a unit or survive a Gargant, which is hard to do, which is why they were so dominant at the beginning of Age of Sigmar 3. And then if you do that, everyone is susceptible to the very cheap Bellacore, because Games Workshop made them a bit cheaper in one of the latest Battlescroll updates. So we're in this position where... There's a lot of shifting factors in a minute about what you might play. Meta representation is really important as well. I would definitely be specking to play against Corn or Bone Reapers because you see them all the time. They're very like they're armies you see a lot, so I'd be definitely going for that. So the game is uh, whew, very interesting right now. I think the game is maybe in all the most interesting places it's been for a long time. I don't think the meta solved, and I think there's lots to talk about. Sharks. That's another current like in vogue army that is an incredible problem to play against. So the game is in a really interesting place. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you like the show, please do like, subscribe, leave some comments, and it'd be cool if you could support us on Patreon. Thanks to everyone in the Twitch chat for who joins me for the day. They're super fun to hang out with, and I appreciate them loads. And uh, yeah, if you like what I do, help support what I do. Thanks very much, and see you soon.